Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. We are Realtors with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. That is correct. How about that weather? You know, those snowflakes on Monday, we all managed to survive through. Nobody slid off into the road or off the road into a ditch. That That's, you know, always one of my favorite memes on the internet for this time of year. It's like, oh my gosh, first snowfall. Quick, everybody in the ditch. I know, and it's... It's kind of the, I don't remember what it's like to have the white stuff falling from the sky. So it's one of those fun things to watch the snow come down, drink a hot cup of cocoa or a tea and uh, sit back and watch it. Whatever your flavor is. Right. We haven't talked about coffee with Carrie in a while. No, because it's, it's not that time of the year yet. Carrie's not into her coffee and cocoa phase yet. It's getting there. When it's a little bit colder out, my hands are always cold, then I need something to hold on to to warm them up. We'll get back to the coffee with Carrie. Excellent. We'll do our Monday our morning, Monday morning coffee routine. Wonderful. Of course, these shows are pre-recorded, so timing on some of our topics might be a little bit off depending on when you're listening to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, it's the beginning of November. We made it to <clears> November. <throat> 11 months in. Have you eaten all the Halloween candy yet? No, I have not. Have you? No, because you hit it on me. I did. I put it in the candy jar. Which is not in the Halloween pumpkin that was full the other day. I'm like, oh my gosh, did she give it all away? We oh, actually, we, we didn't have that many trick-or-treaters We didn't. Year. And I almost wanted to do the reverse trick-or-treating. We have a nice family that is close by, just a block away, that's got a couple youngsters. We wanted to go over there and do a reverse trick-or-treating and just dump all of our candy into their candy bin. Just so that way we didn't have it and we didn't have to eat it. But there's no fun in that. Because remember, hot tip is get candy to hand out that you would like to eat yourself. Very true. Just in case you have leftovers. But we forgot to sort it to determine which ones we're going to hand out first to which ones we really wanted to eat. And I think you ate all the Snickers bars. So I think I lost out on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, yeah, don't don't fret about not sorting it out because it may have happened. Just without you seeing it. Uh-huh. 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 So winter's coming. Winter is coming. And we keep talking about winter is coming and some, you know, quick tips of just kind of getting the house ready. And one thing we did over this past weekend is we repainted our living room and half of our kitchen. What does that have to do with winter? A lot. Okay. We were busy doing things. But the one thing that we always like to do is put on the insulating strips for the electrical outlets and the uh, light switches so you can go to the home center or pretty much anywhere i think like walmart even has them and stuff mm-hmm. um we like the duck brand not sponsored but you know duck is kind of cute he is very cute and um they're actually like uh, socket sealers so they're a little bit of uh, foam and they're cut out just for sockets and switches well this one this year they don't have the pre-cut out it's the universal so you get to punch out whatever flavor you are trying to work with. So if it's a socket, you can do that. Or if it's a light switch. And then if you've got a couple of them in a row, you can adjust it. Mm-hmm. Kind of takes away the whole entire taking the pair of scissors and cutting everything to make sure it all fits. If you're trying to do that double switch. They give you guidelines. They give us guidelines. So now, do you understand the benefit of using those? In some aspects. What's the benefits of using these? They're meant for the outlets and switches on exterior walls so it doesn't really help for the interior of the house okay well i know i did put these on the wall that is with the garage that we share with the garage because the garage right is somewhat heated but just to add a little bit extra less heat loss i put one on that wall right that that's part of it to add insulation but also to help create a, a little bit of a drafty air barrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find, especially in these older houses, this one is 1963. Four. 
No, this one's 1963. I thought it was 64. No, that's the project house coming up. Okay. Um, the techniques for insulating and keeping the house, you know, kind of uh, attested against the weather is not at all the same as what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing what happens in three generations later. I know. So if a new construction house is put up, they're going to do a lot of uh, different insulation techniques and spray foam is really popular. Mm-hmm. One of the benefits of spray foam is it gets in all the cracks. So the sheathing on the outside of the house, I mean, it's panelized. You're going to have seams and whatnot. And if that isn't perfectly sealed against air infiltration, and usually it's not, that insulation then it creates another barrier. Right. And then inside is a moisture barrier, which in new construction should be virtually a sealed bag around the house, and then the drywall is put up over that. Um, and that sounds kind of like I don't want to put a bag over my head because it'll suck out all the oxygen. <clears throat> well, and two, I always think of if we put a piece of plastic over the top of something and there you get a little bit of moisture in there, it's going to condensate and mm-hmm. create more and it's going to trap all the moisture in there. And now we're going to have mold growing inside the walls. Right. So that moisture barrier, usually a plastic sheet, is done on the warm side of the wall. Okay. Uh that's normally the conditioned space. So in our climate, it'll be toward the interior of the house. Okay. Um, and then also new construction, the air conditioning, and uh, includes makeup air units and stuff like that. And the thermostats are more electronically monitored, all, all that jazz. So it's not as much of a problem having a very sealed envelope around your house. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest losses, obviously, the windows. So that's why a lot of spray foam and caulking is used, but also light switches and outlets on the exterior walls. So it's a break in that sealed envelope. So in older houses, we use these things, the socket sealers, to kind of help with that. And we essentially use the drywall or the plaster as kind of that that barrier. And especially now with the good quality paints, you know, they're plasticized acrylic paints, Mm -hmm. you know, that's going to help with direct moisture loss through the drywall or plaster itself. Putting the socket soothers on is going to help with those drafts, you know, changing out the um, gasket seal around your door. You know, a lot of people, if you open your door and it's from the 60s, it might have a metal like, like brass gasket seal um you can take that out it just is in a a groove and a dado in the trim and you just pull it out and you can get a plastic a a more modern gasket and then you can just insert that or if your more modern door like from 20 you know 2000 the 1990s whatever you just pull that right out and insert a new gasket and you'll be sealed up a whole lot better yeah and then, you know, like we've been talking, caulking around the windows. And what do you like to do around the older windows? I love putting out the plastic. Right. And this year we only need to do it on four windows. Yeah, our um, our big exterior windows. Because the smaller ones are, are fairly new. They've been replaced a couple of years, a couple of years ago. ago. Yeah, and, yeah, and that install was done very well. And... Taking a look at it last year. So last year was our first year in the in the home. It was our test year. It was our test year to see where the drafts were. And we did not put plastic on one of the rooms. And we couldn't tell the difference if there was plastic or not. And eventually we took it down in the two bedrooms that it, that it was in. So we took the plastic down on those windows. And this year we didn't have to put it back up because we knew that, okay, these windows are not that drafty. But some of our more older windows... We, I still feel it's needed okay. and just for some reason, it's a peace of mind. And sometimes that's what it is for some families. It's peace of mind. This is what we've always done. And so far I'm okay with still doing it. And the nice thing is we do have the casement windows. So I always take the handles off and put that on the windowsill and encase the handles right on into the window. So that way I don't have to remember what I did with the handles to open up the windows in the spring. Well, They're you, right there. You, you put them in that one spot where you wouldn't forget. Right. 
And then I spent half the year looking for them. Because you forgot. Exactly. Yeah. Um, taking down these screens from your windows, mm-hmm. it's a good time to wash those. Um, some people swap out and do storm windows on the outside. Mm-hmm. Our last house had that where we had to put up the storm windows. We had to take down the screens and put mm-hmm. up the storm windows. So that if you have the storm windows, that obviously helps protect mechanically the, the physical things coming at your window, you know, because it's easier to take the storm window to a glass shop than, than the window that's w- in the window window. Yeah. Um, but it also offers another airspace before your primary window to, you know, help insulate that. Mm-hmm. So it almost turns a single pane window into a dual pane, but it's just not nearly as efficient. Right. And then, yeah, putting the, the plastic on the inside that it's same theory. It offers a, another layer. Um, I think it also, like you mentioned with moisture, um, it kind of protects against moisture condensing on the windows and getting those issues. You know, the water collects and then pools along the bottom and steams right. the wood. Yada, yada. Yeah. So we have the, we put up the plastic on the windows. So now we're in the market for trying to figure out what new curtains to hang up in the, in the house. Cause we took them down, took down the old ones and now we're ready for some new ones. So now we're curtain shopping. Unfortunately, the old ones came down before we had new ones to put up. It was slightly needed. When we repainted, we didn't realize how bad the curtains are. And I think they're original to the house. I was afraid Mm -hmm. to wash them. I was afraid that they were going to fall apart in the wash machine. So they've they've lived their life and they're enjoying their, their retirement at this point. So if anyone knows of a good place to go to get curtains, and window drapery, let us know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, we're on the social media, so just type in Carrie Nikolai. Yeah. You should be able to find us. Yeah, let us know where you get your curtains from. Because we're in the market for some. And unfortunately, we have like a odd-sized window. So it, like in the bedroom, the 30 or the 64s are too long. But the valances are too short. Because I... I think they're like 34 inch windows. So if anything, I've got to do a little bit of mending and cutting. And I'm just not in the mood to do that. So we've got a little bit longer windows. So it's, it's been a challenge to try to find some, some drapes that would work. Um, I think part of that is also the mounting system for the drapery. <clears throat> so remember how we go through our stage styled and sold blogs? Mm-hmm. A lot of the trends are to swap out the drapery for something more modern. Mm-hmm. Also, swap out the mounting hardware for something that allows the drapery to sit in a more modern way. Okay. Uh, we noticed that our original drapery had the slider screwed right to the window case. Yes. A lot of more modern draperies go from floor to ceiling, and so they have to be held up closer to the ceiling. That's another option to keep in mind to change up the style and stuff. Very true. I've not thought of about that. Yeah. So if you want to do a, a valance and you can only find a valance that's 18 inches top to bottom tall and your window is only 24 inches, well, you don't want it to cover up the entire window with the valance. Mm-hmm. So moving those brackets up farther onto the wall makes the window look bigger. True. You know, true. And, and then you're only going to be covering up where it's effective. Mm-hmm. So I'll try to go through and post more about that also online. Yeah, it'd be great to see some pictures online and kind of see what you're talking about. So you said we were doing projects? We were doing projects. We did a project weekend or week. Yeah, it's... it's Was it, has it been a week or... It feels like it. It's been a project. It, ha- it has. What have you been doing? Well, we had said that we wanted to wait a year to see how we are going to be using the home and, you know, see how it hugs us. And one thing that we have always wanted to do was to rip up the carpet in all the bedrooms. And originally when we first got the house, it's what we did. We painted the room and then we ripped up the carpet. So that way I didn't have to be neat and pretty painting. I could, if we spilled a little bit on the floor, 
it was no big deal because the carpet was coming out. And we happened to have uh, solid wood floors underneath the carpet. Right. And we discovered that the first day we moved in that the house had hardwood floors, true hardwood floors. And so we left the, the hallway and the living room completely alone. So we went a whole entire year with carpet in that room. We managed to make it through. But then I'm like, really don't like the color. So let's just paint. And I got the paint. And I'm like twiddling my fingers at night going, you know what? I could watch another movie. Or I could paint. So stripped one wall down and got it painted. Got the two coats on. Put up a ceiling. I put up our our fan on the wall. So got the first coat on. Put the fan on. Painted the hallway. By the time I got done with the hallway, the wall I just got done painting was dry. Flipped the fan into where I just was at and painted the second coat and then did the next wall. So there was always one wall drying while one wall I was being painting. Mm-hmm. But managed to get two coats of paint on our hallway and our living room all in one day. And I mean, our living room is not a huge size. It's about 14 by 18. Yes. Roughly. Roughly. So I, f- I think that's a fairly normal size for the general houses in our area. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, our, we're living in a 1,200 square foot house. Yes. So. <clears throat> but then it was like looking at the flooring going, flooring now looks even worse than what it was. And so through the magic of the box cutter in a couple hours, I mean, it didn't take us long to get, to get it out. And we had to jangle... Jingle jangle everything around because we had to play the game of Tetris as we were trying to get removing the carpet and then moving the couch onto the new flooring, which is really the old flooring, but it was the hardwoods. And then cutting where that couch was to move the next three pieces of furniture and just kind of slowly Tetrising around everything to get the carpet out. Which kind of forced us to do something good anyway when removing the carpet by ourselves as you know little homeowners that we are mm-hmm. uh, we we're not going to move an entire floor's worth of carpet like the professional installers might no so we cut it into smaller pieces which we were going to do anyway and really when you cut it into the smaller pieces it's a little bit easier to manage and, and handle and mm-hmm. walking out that way you don't have to have three people or four people try to lift a whole entire 200 pound chunk of carpet you know cut it out we cut it out into smaller manageable for one person to carry out so unfortunately now our sun porch is filled with carpet that seems to be a a commonality of our projects we store what we're going to do in there for a couple weeks and then decide you know i'm really sick of it being here we should just put it in the truck and take it to the landfill yep yep but it's one of those things where you know what we have the time so we just did it and now we're just going to need to find a good day to move it from B to C. Usually on Saturday on our way to an open house. Usually. That's not a segue exactly, but yeah, we do open houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was a fun time. We've got some beautiful hardwood floors and we're excited about it. It makes the room look so much bigger. The downside is now everything's more noisy. Yes, everything echoes a little bit more. Yeah. But we need to find an area rug to put in there just to have a little bit of a rug. And we found that the area rugs are far easier to clean than actual carpeting. Mm-hmm. And they don't uh, have the dander issues and, you know, allergens and stuff like that. But also, uh, we aren't as isolated now from the basement activities. So the furnace and, you know, things, the, the washing machine in the basement. It's a little bit louder than what it used to be. Because, um, of course, you know, for our water issues that we had, we decided to just tear out everything in the basement, including the ceiling tiles that were there. Right. And then not having carpeting and pad, everything just... Everything echoes a little bit more. Very much so. Well, we're getting used to it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that is learning your house and what noises are what. Like right now there's a low hum coming from somewhere. And I'm like, Looking around going, where where is that from? It could be the neighbors with their diesel truck. I don't know. Could be anywhere. <clears throat> it's a little bit of something, something. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned an open house. So this coming up Saturday, we are going to be at an open house. 
We're going to be over at Third Street. So again, that was the uh, two-bedroom, two-story home with the four-stall garage on 0.41 of a acre. Right. So in the city of Wisconsin Rapids, which having an, a city lot that large is really unheard of. So it's going to be one of those things that would be, uh, you know, if you're looking for something that's got a little bit of a yard, that way you're not too close to the neighbors. It would be an excellent time to come check, check that out. And I'll be there from 11 to 1230. And of course, if you're listening to this after that happens, right now at time of recording, it's listed for 117000 mm-hmm. Um, And I'm just looking at some other lots that came up in the city. Houses were a little bit newer as far as the finishes and fixtures, but same sort of lot size. And they were going in the mid-200s. Right. So it's got a lot of potential. It does. It's ready for that next family to give it some love and some care. Yep. So what else do we have going on in real estate? Well, in hour two, we're going to talk about the market and because we do have the numbers for the month of October. Okay. So we did receive those from our sales meeting this morning. So we'll dive into that next hour. But this hour, we wanted to touch base with some community events that are going on. Okay, what community events are in Rapids for the next couple of months? Okay, so are we going to do this in chronological order or just random? Well, it, that's up to you. I would think chronological order might be handy because right now people listening on WFHR Sunday morning would be on Sunday the 7th, I believe. <clears throat> yep. So I know we've got... The uh, event on Monday the 8th coming up over at Central Home Improvements. Yes. So they are doing their open house and they are displaying all of their Christmas decor. So they closed down the shop for a little while and they are going to do the lovely Christmas decor. Okay. It'll be Christmas time. So gone is the Halloween decor. They will probably also have maybe some of that stuff up, but it's going to be primarily Christmas. Okay. So it will be interesting to see. Um, that'll be one of those great times. I mean, to go out there and see Tina again, at Tina and Bob. Are they going to have? <clears throat> excuse me, have Star Wars Christmas stuff? They always do every year. Ooh. So we'll have to see what Yoda looks like this year. Right. Or Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Grogu. We'll see. And then um, the other thing I always look forward to is their light up lanterns. Right. So it's really cool. They've got a light in there and usually some sparkle. So they clear glitter. It'll kind of, it's got a little bit of a motor in there that kind of makes it look like the snow is falling. Little twinkles. But it's always really neat to see those and be nice to find a new one. And they have tree ornaments, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Tree ornaments galore. And uh, the Christmas village village items? I believe they carry three different lines of Christmas villages. So definitely going to have a Christmas village. They can definitely hook you up with what what type of village. So it'll okay. be interesting to see what they have. We'll definitely be putting some pictures up there on our social media about that on Monday. So that way you can take a look at it and... Kind of decide what you would like to go and see. Because again, it's open Monday through Friday until 4 p.m. And I believe then a little bit later in the month, Justin over at Ashbeck Interiors in Rudolph Mm -hmm. is um, doing his Christmas open open house house as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For some reason, the 17th of November pops into mind around around the middle of the month. Yes. Um, And, you know, if, if you're looking for design ideas as well, Talk to the staff wherever you are, and they can probably give you a little bit bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're like, you, you want to use something as an inspiration, they can work off of that. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, you know, as Justin had said, you know, even if you bring in a picture of this is what I want to work with, you know, he definitely can work with you on that as well. So if he can't get out there, just definitely bring in some pictures. Cool. What else we got going on? All right, and then over at Historic Point Bass on Saturday, December 18th. Point Bass. Okay, so I totally missed the (laughs) parade. So let's backtrack to November. 
Okay. Because I thought you were making the list and you had the list and you're checking it twice. Well, I wanted to also kind of group, you know, like things together. So we're talking, just talking about shy home interiors and I threw out, you know, other home interiors. Mm-hmm. Right. So you said you had something uh, VFW on November 11th. There we go. So November 11th, the uh-huh. VFW is having their spaghetti dinner. Okay. From 4.30 until 7. 7. Sure. All right. And that's. It's an um, all you can eat. And that's over on the west side of Wisconsin Rapids. Yep. So it's on Reading Road. Mm-hmm. So it's across the river heading out towards Stevens Point. Yeah. Look for the big tank. And then we've got Rekindle the Spirit Parade. Yes. There we go. Okay. So we're, we're getting our chronological order going. There you go. All right. So yeah, we're going to be a part of the parade this year. So I believe it starts at five o'clock and we'll be doing the Christmas parade. So believe the parade route is on the Chamber's website. Mm-hmm. It usually goes through West Grant, um, East Grant, right in front of the Hotel Mead. So if you need a place to sit, that would be an excellent place. And so we will be part of that parade this year. And of course, we'll have our mobile office camper. Mm-hmm. And Baby Yoda might be making a visit with us. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's usually a good time. And then, you know, at the end point, come and and visit with us a little bit and we can talk real estate and you know whatever else questions you have about the area we can help guide you through that as well yeah exactly so then we'll also be in nakusa doing the same thing on december 4th so what's that about so nakusa always does a hometown christmas and there's plenty of activities that are going around the nakusa area to partake in and then at night they do the parade and at the end of the parade, there are fireworks over at Rivers- Riverside Park. So definitely taking a parade and some fireworks in December. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Port Edwards or Grand Rapids has anything like that. As far as I know, Nakusa is the only one that does fireworks oh, for okay. their Christmas celebration. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. So later on in December, we've got Historic Point Boss. All right, so Historic Point Bass has their Heritage Holidays. And so this is over, uh, over at, the, at Point Bass. So it's 300 Wakely Road in Nakusa. And this is just a chance for you to walk around to enjoy watching and helping the citizens of Point Bass as they get ready for their Christmas celebration. Participate in a variety of winter activities traditional decorations of the period and some sweet treats to add to a holiday charm at the site. So if you are a little bit curious about this is, you can go to their website. I just put in Google historic point bass and it just popped up. And so you can click on the link to their website and find their calendar of events. And it's right there. They've got a lot of pictures from what they did in years past. So it's really cute. You can even go and visit Santa Claus. Santa will be there. Nice. I know. So that is running from 1 to 5 p.m. The adults are $3 and students are $1. So it's a really great time to go to get out there. You know, definitely dress warm because, again, this is historic point bass. They, back in the day, back in the 1800s, they did not have electricity. So this is kind of like a reenactment? Very much a reenactment. So there's no electricity, no running water. So it might be a little cold. So definitely wear your boots and your snow pants. So that Mm -hmm. way you can stay warm. You know, each building does have a fireplace to keep the building warm. But again, they are original buildings to the the area. So they may have been moved from... um, One was moved from Beeren to Point Bass. Okay. So, but it's the original building, so it's old, and that's still up and running and still working. That's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, be careful with, with hats and mittens and stuff like that, because the candlelight that is in these buildings are open flame. Mm-hmm. So just kind of be cautious with little ones that, you know, there are open flames throughout these buildings. It really is kind of neat. To see how innovative a lot of the uh, the settlers were 
Mm-hmm. You know, we, I think sometimes we take for granted the convenience we have with electricity and water, sewer, and gas lines plumbed into our house. Mm-hmm. I mean, e- even getting a little bit, quote, off grid, you know, having a, a independent well and septic field, you know, that's, it's like a step back, but it's not really that inconvenient. I mean, but these were 1800s sort of settlements, you know, and, and they, they didn't know about insulation of buildings. So, I mean, the right. buildings are still drafty. I mean, yes, there's a fire in there, but they're still a little drafty. And they, they understood how those systems worked. So the drafty house actually helps with having a, a fire or stove in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've lived in houses with wood fire. Yeah. How intense is that? It, you get them going and they can heat up pretty toasty. Yeah. So, and, and having a little bit of draft and airflow to keep the fire going so that it'll draft properly up the chimney. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the problems with modern fireplaces as well. You know, they, they have to be managed right. And ooh, fireplaces could be another topic down the road. Oh, yeah. I'll have to find a guy. Right. Um, but yeah, ju- just the way they were able to survive in these, you know, harsh conditions and climates when they could have easily just lived down, you know. Moved back down south Georgia, where they came, yeah. yeah, where most of them came from. But the... It's like like everything, um, the timber resources really brought people here and the easy waterways to move the timber. Mm-hmm. And so people settled up here and they dealt with it. Right. You know, and then that goes into a whole nother thought process of how did they eat? You know, and you can ask those questions and, and um, going with the holiday meals, you know, the a lot of things that are commercialized now, you know, pumpkin pie, you can get frozen and just toss it in your, your oven. But it was different back then because you had to plan, you had to grow the darn things and, right. and all that jazz. So it, it, I find it really fun kind of letting, letting my mind wander and asking those questions, uh, seeing how where we're living now relates to where we came from. And even like some of our hobbies that we currently have, you know, I've got the basket weaving that's what they did, because uh, if you needed a basket to carry something, you had to make the basket. There was mm-hmm. no calling up Amazon and just clicking on something and poof, the next day it's there. You know, you had to go find the resources uh, from the land to make the basket from. And what if someone tried to get a hold of you? They had to walk down the street and knock on your door. And if you weren't there... It was they, okay. <laughs> they missed you. <laughs> it was okay. You know, and, and and they can help relate how things progressed throughout the years, too. Let, mm-hmm. Let's just talk about communication like that. You know, and then you moved into the 1900s. We had telegraphs and telephones and, you know, 1940s and 50s. And it just exploded. And then answering machines. And now you can't get away from anybody. Right. Which is kind of obnoxious. You know, I, and even in our lifetime, I remember you just go and play and you knew to just come home. And the way you knew mom wanted you was she yellered out the front door and all the neighbor kids are like, dude, you got to go home now. Mm-hmm. You know, and now it's all text message. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, a you know, going out there is always such a great, great time just to kind of see how they did things back then. And just kind of like you said, see where we're we're at now. But yeah, it's always a, an exciting time to go out there and be interesting to see what they have in store for everybody. So, of course, there are far more events around the area. Um, I know our Chamber of Commerce keeps up a pretty good events calendar. And if you're having an event, and especially if you're a nonprofit, get a hold of the Chamber of Commerce and they'll be happy to uh, help you get the events published, published, put on their calendar. Okay. Published. 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 It's been a rough week. It's been a long day. We had math this morning. We had to do math. That so, is very true. We did have to do math this morning. So, Without help. a calculator. Thankfully, we, we kept to... Uh, Easy numbers. <laughs> tens and zeros or not. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Um, yeah. And also the um, Convention Visitors Bureau usually keeps a decent calendar as well. Mm-hmm. 
and check that out. If you want quick links, you know, we've set up a, a website direct. So go to myrapids.info and that'll help you out. All right. So yeah, lots of easy ways to, uh, to get a hold of us. Figure out what's going on in the area. Mm-hmm. So of course, with winter coming, you, you had mentioned that we're we're doing our preparedness for winter, and we got you know some projects going, and we got the windows taken care of. What what are we gonna do with the snow? I mean, I've brought along the way the family heirloom generational nineteen seventy eight Aaron snow throw snowblower. And you love your snowblower. It's fantastic. You take care of things and especially things that were built years ago, you know, as long as you keep up with it. We've actually seen refrigerators even in people's houses from the fifties that are still clunking away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there is a time when Modern technology comes along and you just got to upgrade a little bit. So, so what do we do? We upgrade it. That is right. We, we still have our beautiful bright orange air and snowblower, but we also then paired it with a brand spanking new Husqvarna snowblower. Oh, yes. Um, so new that the paint is still on it. We had to pull off all of the, the packaging. And fired up for the very first time. So we had gone over to Sears. We had gone over. We went to multiple stores, right, to find, you know, who kind of had the best deal. Um, we looked at some. One thing I really liked was the hand warmers, the 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 warm that the hand warmers, so mm-hmm. that the handles itself actually were heated to keep hands warm. Um, but unfortunately, the one we got does not have a hand warmer. We traded. We traded deals. We we might be able to add it. Um, a lot of it came down to cost or function. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that we did that we liked was the fact that um, the Husqvarna had a light on the snowblower. So that way we can snowblow at night and still be able to see what we're doing. So we did a little bit of a trade-off. We got a light. And we also got power steering. Right. So not just um, most all snowblowers in the uh, the two-stage and three-stage types mm-hmm. have uh, uh, power wheels, you know, so the engine also runs the wheels. Um, this one has kind of like a tank uh, steering mechanism. So two triggers underneath the handle. And if you squeeze the right trigger as it's moving, it'll kind of put brakes on for that wheel and it'll cause the other wheel to increase in power and turn to the right. If you pull the left trigger, you can turn to the left and it'll turn under power. Right. Which I think is going to be something very exciting Mm -hmm. to do because then that way it makes making those corners just a whole lot easier versus trying to pivot. You can just now make a nice little curve and just kind of Make some nice winding winding curves through the backyard. I also like that the controls are big, and I think they'll be easier to handle with uh, full on, you know, mittens. like like Eskimo muckluck sort of mittens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good thing, and it's and it's got the power start too, so I can mm-hmm. still plug it in, and we can just still push a button to turn it on, so that way I don't have to pull a cord. Right. So uh, we knew that was one thing that we wanted was an easy start. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the snowblowers, if you're going to pay more than $700, are going to have an electric start feature, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it so, is still missing a cup holder, so I have yet to see a snowblower with a cup holder. Well, you got to pay extra for those. Okay. Those are amenities. Well, I did not see one with it, and I was hoping that, you know, if you spend two grand on a snowblower that you get a cup holder. But there is no cup holder. So now one of the things to, to have listeners keep in mind is timing as well. Uh, we're at the beginning of the season, so there might be some sales. The trade-off is there's going to be a lot of inventory. Right. Until the snow actually flies. So I'm thinking about this time, you know, 
mid-December, it'll be a little bit harder to find a snowblower if you need one. Right. And not sure what the prices are going to be. But if you have something and you can wait a little bit longer, you know, it may be prudent to wait closer to spring and maybe get some deals on end-of-season inventory. Mm -hmm. So again, it's kind of like that little bit of trade-off. Do we need, you know, can we limp our way, our, the one we have now through another two months of snow? Or do we just say, you know what, let's go get it for a backup. And we just have the new one for a backup and we'll run the new, the old one until it's no longer starts. Or then, you use the old one for the backup well, or for parts. Well, the parts are not so interchangeable. Um, but having a a long property like we do, mm-hmm. <clears throat> our our land stretches, it's somewhat narrow. And on the far end of the property is where the workshop is and it has a garage door access. So we've been keeping the two so that you don't have to motor the thing from one side of the property to the other. Right. You know, that'll be kind of handy. And then you can just take care of the driveway when you have to get out and go to work. And then you can take care of the rest of the property when you get back. Or, you know, if you have two people living in the house, do the teamwork thing. Right. But we really tried to focus on something that you could handle. And that was one of the things that we also kind of looked at, too, is if it snows and you happen to be out of town, I cannot move the current snowblower. I think the thing weighs like two tons. It's not that bad. But it it is is bad. It's awkward. It's very awkward. So being able to have something, you know, when we were looking, it was very nice. I mean, the sales department was, they they were very kind about it. You know, they, they asked, like, well, you could go out, you know, just for a couple hundred dollars more, you know, you can upgrade and get this larger model. But we kind of looked at her very nicely and did the, well, we need to find something so that way the, the weakest member of the family can use a snowblower. So... It was nice that they wanted to get us into that bigger model, but at the same time, there would be no way I could handle it. Well, and that was the same thought process with, you know, as we're getting older, mm-hmm. um, e- even the strong members become weak. Right. Uh, and when we were getting the lawnmower as well, you know, we wanted something that was efficient and easy to use where you didn't have a lot of, a, a lot of multiple controls to have to fiddle with. Right. You know, keep, we, keep it to gross motor, motor movements. You know, we don't want to be able to make sure the foot is always on this pedal while doing this other one. Because I know with like my parents' lawnmower, you always had to keep a foot on one of the pedals for something. But, but yeah, we wanted to make sure that it was easy for me to use. So that way I could also share in the going outside and snow blowing the driveway. Well, like you mentioned before with the painting, or you could just sit and watch a movie right. and do nothing. You know, and sometimes, and that's okay, that, you know, having some self-care time to do nothing and mm-hmm. just unwind. Or you can put on some music and do crazy house projects. Right. But yeah, we're super excited. We're now waiting for the big dump of snow just so that way we can go play with the new snowblower. And the really cool thing is it's like an automated auger where I can direct the snow right at the um i don't know what that thing is but it i'm calling it the auger which i know it's not the right term there is an auger on the machine that i do know yep it's the snout on the shoot oh okay the shoot snout okay well i know that we went from a joystick to move it to we were looking at we we were looking at the toro models right which have a, a multi directional joystick it looks like an atari joystick yeah which is also good for big mitten movements mm-hmm. but it just didn't seem easy to function as you know or, or fluid and again you know trying to figure it out without instructions and just you know is it instinctive um it's one of the things i i really grab onto is Something mechanical like this should just be instinctive to use. Right. You shouldn't have to read the instruction manual to figure it out. (laughs) Because when are are you snowblowing? It's when it's inconvenient. And it's cold. And it's it's dark. And you don't want to do it. Right. And it's at, 
you know, after work or before work, because you have to do it in order to get out, out to the road. Yeah. So the last thing you're thinking about is actually using the machine. Well, and now we've got to look at um, outdoor clothing. Sure. So I don't have a pair of snow pants. So now I got to go find a pair of snow pants and decent mittens to be able to do this. Luckily, one of my children decided they no longer liked one of their hats. And I now have a proper hat to go snow blowing in, but now need to go find a pair of snow pants. Well, I bet you know people where it's good and cold and they can give you some recommendations. Oh, yes. Up in the last frontier where everything's trying to kill you. Well, and while we were up there, we should have just stopped and grabbed a pair. Right. I totally forgot to mention that to you. I remembered it halfway home. I was, oh, shoot. I should have just grabbed a pair of snow pants. Flying somewhere between. We were like know, in Montana. Like, like Idaho or something. <laughs> It's it's a system type of thing. So understanding that, you know, winter time you gotta change stuff up. Right. You know, and we talked about packing away our, our summer clothing and, and whatnot, you know, and using plastic totes. You like to do the, the tote game? I do. I really like the plastic totes just because you can see what's in them. And that way you don't have to keep opening up the lid, taking them down, opening up the lid and going, Oh yeah, that's right, that's the kids' baby clothes. Mm-hmm. Let's put it back on the shelf and let's try to find the summer clothes or the winter clothes. And it, even if you just do a search on, on YouTube, for instance, on long-term storage options and things like that, um, I found a lot of stuff like garage. You can build with a little bit of two-by-four lumber and some hand tools, you know, to put storage bins, those storage totes up above. That way it takes up. Uh, some of that free space that's just not being used mm-hmm. for long-term storage. You know, hunting is coming up, so getting that hunting gear out and prepped. I don't think we're going to be wearing our, our shirts and swimwear much often for the no. next couple of months. The next couple of months. I think we're now to the point where it's safely able to put those away to to get ready for the fall and winter, the cold season. Yeah. Or nine months of cold season. So we've got a lot of winter coming up. Um, perhaps we'll contact one of the snowmobile, snowmobile clubs and get y'all excited about snowmobiling if we actually get some snow. And who knows if we are or not. It is coming. Farmer's Almanac says one thing and weather reports suggest another. And, and reality is we don't know until complete. May. <clears throat> Make the plan. Run the plan. Throw the plan out. Throw the plan out the window. As it goes off the rails, as always. As always. Well, that's okay. It's Wisconsin. We're used to that. Mm-hmm. We just know what's coming and we just need to be prepared for it. Well, and I, I'm finding one of the nice things about the wintertime snow removal being in Grand Rapids is we don't have as much to deal with as far as um, snow piling up on the curb and sidewalks as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's something you always tell your potential buyers. You know, we're in the middle of summer happens to be and you're looking for a house and you keep reminding them winter's coming. You're looking at buying this really nice house on a corner lot with, what, 300, 400 feet of sidewalk? Yep. I'm always the one that's, you know, as they're talking about their summer plans, I'm like, and remember this very long driveway that you're going to have to shovel along with the two sidewalks. Yeah. And they look at me like, how dare you say that word? I'm like, well, it's coming. Let's look at this. If you're not into snow blowing or you're not into that or you need to be prepared for that. Because if you've rented and someone else took care of it, by the way, the snow is coming. That's why a lot of people, you know, we really try to get in tune with what you need and suggest perhaps uh, a condominium. Mm-hmm. You know, or if there's an association that you can pitch in and everyone in the community has a company come out and take care of those types of things. So there's some options too, if you mm-hmm. can't do it yourself or don't want to. And we can always recommend some snow, snow plowing companies too, that sure. we can hook you up with that would be happy to come do that for you. And really, if you like to still do it yourself, now's the time to, to think about where you're going to put the snow, keep it away from the house, mm-hmm. you know, pile it toward the end of the driveway and the end of the yard. So it, doesn't melt and then you know we have foundation leakage right 
you know, make sure your shovels are good and up to speed. Get your well, and you know, moving, putting the piles of snow. Yeah, it's okay to ask the the prior homeowner where did they put the snow because some of those driveways are close together, and now you may have a six foot tall wall of snow because we've gotten that much snow. And you then know, your neighbor piles the snow in the same spot. Right. If you got two houses putting it in the same spot, you know, having that conversation maybe with the neighbor of, okay, this is my first year. Should I be putting my snow on the left side of the driveway or on the right side of the driveway? Just so that way you don't have those tall snow banks for backing up. And that way you can see the kids who are out and about walking around or or adults too. Um, you know, that way you can have that, that nice visual. Right. And then also consider doing your maintenance and tune up on the equipment that you do have Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of a lot of options and actually if there's just a light dusting of snow take the leaf blower and just fluff it away instead of actually trying to shovel it right yeah doing your good oil change and making sure you got the right fuel for your snow machine and snow blowers and you know this is the time it is it's better to do it now when versus when there's eight inches of snow and can't get out and it can't start because you didn't take care of it. And you don't have the shovel. So now mm-hmm. you're just out there hoping that the car is just going to make it through. Just drive faster. Just drive faster. So this is also a good time where if you're looking to get into a new house, now's the time to sell. Now's the time to buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've got contracts that we're writing and our closing dates are still before Christmas. Right. We're looking at probably like a December 10th closing. Okay. So mid-December is not too bad. You can still... You can still get in before Christmas and have your first Christmas with your new tree and the new house. Ooh, it's exciting. It is. So if you're looking for inventory, go ahead, head over to MyRapids.com. That's, you know, inventory for all of central Wisconsin for sure. Okay. Um, and if you're looking out of the area, go ahead, give us a call directly. We can certainly help you with that. Mm-hmm. What's your phone number? It is 715-323. Two five seven seven. Like we said, if you're looking for local information, head over to myrapids.com and you know, check out, start to get to know your new neighborhoods. Things are certainly set up differently in the city versus like town of Grand Rapids or village of Port Edwards, you know, city mm-hmm. of Nakusa. They all have got different options and different ways of you know working snow, for instance. Right. So um that's about it for this hour. All right. We'll be bi- we're going to be back. We're going to be back. Okay, good. Because we got hour two coming up. We got some market update and we'll talk a little bit about selling. All right. Come on back. All righty. Stay tuned and come back for hour two of My Rapids Real Estate Show, where we take a deep dive into central Wisconsin real estate market and more housing related topics.